it is you that is in this place. It is you that is the healer, God. Heal in this room right now. Let the miraculous power of heaven be upon this place in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for it. I thank you for it. We are a spirit-filled church. Take no offense to that if you are not that way. It is who we are. Psalm 107, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word was Jesus. The word became flesh and Jesus came and dwelt among men. Jesus was the healer. God sent his son to this world to seek and save that which is lost, to heal the sick, to bind up the devil, to deliver the people, and to bring forth a brand new kingdom on planet earth. That kingdom is alive and well and thriving today. From the days of Jesus until now, there has never been a generation that has not flowed in the miraculous and not seen the supernatural things of God. Those of you in this place full of the Holy Ghost that maybe are not sick, are not unwell, but are here today because you believe in the power of God, I ask you holy in my heart to pray, press in, intercede on behalf of men and women in great need right now. Do not be a participator. Do not be a person that sits back with your arms crossed saying, prove yourself to me, God. Be a person that jumps in right now and says, because I am in this place and I believe God will flow freely in this house today. God, have your way in this room. Hold nothing back. Every devil of hell in this room, I command you by the authority of Jesus Christ, loose the minds of the people, loose the bodies of the people. You have no access. You have no authority. Your grip is broken off of this life, broken off of their mind, broken off of their child, broken off of their marriage. I loose every person in this room right now. The glory of the God breaks every yoke, breaks every chain, delivers every person. Not one will be missed. Not one will be missed in this room. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 2, it says that, Behold, they brought to him, him being Jesus, a man that was sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, for thy sins have been forgiven thee. And, certain, and behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore, thank you evil in your hearts, for whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to simply say, Arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the man sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, go into thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. I read that to tell you that sickness and salvation are what Jesus came to give you, or healing from sickness. It is not a supplemental add-on. Jesus didn't come and decide later, you know what, I need to save people, but also a lot of people are sick. He started healing this man by simply saying, your sins are forgiven you. Today, salvation is freely given to everyone that would believe it. If you believe it, say it's mine. You are saved by the grace of God through faith. I heard a preacher say the other day, and I preached it last week, and I've been on this for several weeks, but today is a day of manifestation. If I was to title this message, I would say the kingdom of God made manifest. Jesus came to make manifest the kingdom of God. And where the kingdom of God manifests itself, the kingdom of darkness loses its power. Sickness 
disease, pain, torment, fear, doubt, lack, struggle, division, hatred, anger are all rooted in the kingdom of hell. Every one of those comes from the devil and not from God. God did not give you a heart that would be bound up in fear. God did not give you a heart that would be bound up in division and hatred and bitterness. God gave you a heart that he can purify, cleanse, and put fresh oil in. He says, I am the one that takes out the stony heart, and I put in a heart of flesh. In this room right now, if we passed a microphone, my God, the testimonies you would hear, you wouldn't even trust half of us in the room with a $20 bill. Yet in this room right now, we've all been sanctified by the glory of God. The old man has passed away. The old man is dead and gone. We don't think like we once thought. We don't move like we once moved. And we certainly are not the same as we once were. This is not head knowledge. This is not something we hope to have. This is something we live every day as a brand new creation by the authority of the kingdom of God. He loosed us. He set us free. He said, arise and be healed. Take up your bed and walk. Your sins are forgiven you. Today, I want you to know, much of what the devil uses to keep you sick and bound up is not even a physical manifestation alone. It is something deeply entwined in the soul of man. The scars, the wounds of the past, the things that were said, the things that were done that hold you back at a place of being a victim, not believing that you desire or, or can receive grace. I'm here to tell you today, every gift from God is to the lowest of the sinners. He wants to give it to every single person. He said, I am not willing that any should perish. But all would come to the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus said. But I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. I just got to put my hand on you, Pastor Mark, because I... Whoo. Every work of hell is what the church has been raised up to stand against. We're not to coddle the devil. We're not to counsel fear. We're not to, gonna, we're not to tell someone struggling in torment that it's going to be okay. We're to come and break the chains of bondage. We're to come and destroy every yoke. We're to come and display the glory of God. That's who we are. That's who you are. Shout, that's me. That's me in Jesus' name not for the five old ministers alone. It's for every blood-bought, born-again child of God that has been redeemed from every curse and every lie and every weight and every wage of sin. You are not the same person. You are a new person. Salvation and healing are a joint gift from God. You can't separate them. You can't pick one and not get the other one. You can't say, well, I don't get this one, but I'm going to take half of that one. When God gives a gift, God gives a gift holy and complete. He doesn't hold nothing back. He's not one that gives you a remote control car and holds back the batteries. That baby will be juiced up from now until eternity. Every gift from God is complete. Shout complete. 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 It's completed in God. And if it's completed in God, when he gave it to you, it was completed in you. What's on the inside of you? The kingdom of heaven is on the inside of you. They came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 12. When he healed a man that was dumb and blind, Scripture says. Dumb, not like we would say dumb today. 
There's a lot of dumb people that do need healed of that dumbness in modern language. Amen. Lady came to Winston Churchill one time and said, you're a drunkard. He said, that may be so, lady, but in the morning I'll wake up sober and you'll still be ugly and dumb. Thank God that he can heal. I've seen the Lord take people of no education that can't read and can't write, turn them into preachers that write books. See, I want you to understand there's nothing impossible for God. When the man that was sick, dumb, couldn't hear, deaf and dumb, can't hear, can't speak, the Bible says that Jesus rebuked a devil out of him. And set the man free. And it says that the Pharisees got together angry that Jesus would set a person free. And they spread within the crowd, Jesus does this by the power of Beelzebub himself. That that's how he sets people free. Imagine that. Religion is so stinky. There's another story in, in the Gospels. When Jesus spoke to a man in the temple on the Sabbath day with a deformed hand. And the people, the Pharisees, gathered and said, Man, we're going to watch, and if he heals on the Sabbath, we're going we're to come against him because he broke the law. And he spoke to the man with a deformed hand, and he simply said, Stretch forth your hand. And the Bible says, When he stretched forth his hand, he was made whole. And the Pharisees were angry, Scripture says, and plotted within themselves the destruction of Jesus. That spirit is still alive on planet Earth today. There are still people that come against the move of God that are so persuaded the church that stands for the miraculous is wicked, demonic. They still say of every Pentecostal tongue-talking believer, you're of the devil. Well, I got news for you. But I was not serving God my whole life. I used to go to bars. I used to snort cocaine. I used to party hard. I used to sleep around. And not one time did I ever pray in tongues. Not one time did I ever see a man be healed in a party or a bar. I saw him overdose. I saw death manifest. I saw sickness rain down. But once I got a hold of the glory of God, I am in a brand new world. Now I see healing. Now I see life. Now I see regeneration, rejuvenation, and strength. You can tell us we're of the devil, but I got news for you. I know the fruit of the devil, and the church doesn't carry the fruit of the devil. The church carries the fruit of God Almighty. I'll stand for that all the days of my life. You can mock us. You can make fun of us, but we have the true things of God. And I would rather be even an usher in the house of God than a chief in the devil's army. Because even the lowest in the kingdom of God is the greatest and greater than the kingdom of men. Amen. When he healed that man, they said, you're of the devil. The spirit of the religion still does that today. Scripture says in 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, this single reason, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Acts 10, 38 says that our Lord and Savior was anointed by God, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Every sickness, every wound, every scar, every regret, every pain, every suffering, once more, is not coming from God. It's coming from hell. God does not throw your past in your face and keep you in a place of penance. You repent one time and God washes it away. It is expunged. The handwriting has been removed. And now your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
When you go to God still talking about what you did 10 years ago, God says, I have no record of anything that you're talking about right now. When I look at you, I see the shed blood of my perfect son. I see the righteousness of God shining back to me. That's who you are. That's who you are. No one would ever think Jesus could get a cold. No one would ever think Jesus deserves sickness. Well, if Jesus didn't deserve it, and he walked in freedom and walked in life, and he said, everything that I've purchased, I freely give to you, that is for you today. And if you believe it, say amen. I feel like I'm preaching like a man in a tent. I feel like I'm channeling Dr. Oral Roberts right now. Hey, God. It's like liquid fire on me right now. And I'm not going to take forever. A large portion of the service today will be the demonstration and the manifestation of the healing power of God. I'm not going to take the whole service preaching, but I'm dealing with the minds of people right now. See, the devil loves to attack the mind. He can't reach the spirit, but he gets to the mind. There was a young couple that came to this church years ago. Their marriage was on the rocks. Sickness in their household. Kids going this way and that. Lack all the time. Barely paying bills. Insanity, even suicidal spirits upon them. Wanted to end their lives. Wanted to give up. Came to this church one Sunday morning. The power of God hit them. They were sitting in the middle room, in the middle of the section. The offering, for some reason, broke out that day, and people were bringing boots, crazy things, putting it at the altar, watches. Thank God they just put the shoes and not the socks. (laughs) It piled up on the altar, and the man leaves the service. 30 minutes later, he comes in carrying a 60-inch TV. To this day, I have never seen a person leave a church service, drive home, take a 60-inch TV off of their wall, drive back, walk it forward, down the aisle sideways to set at the altar. Still had the wall rack on it. Didn't bring the base, left that on the wall, but left the part on the TV. Lord knows we never said anything about giving a TV that day. I mean, we've received crazy stuff, but never that before. But the Lord prompted his heart. And I watched them. They came the next Sunday holding hands, smiling at the door. Then the third Sunday they came, and they brought their in-laws. who said to them, we are of the devil, because we are a spirit-filled church that prays in tongues. Told them, get out of that church as fast as you can. I'm telling you, those people are of the devil. Pulled them right out of freedom. Today, that that couple's not even married. Their kids are here and there. You know, it's one thing to make fun of me. But it's another thing when you drag someone from the freedom of God. Jesus actually said, basically, it is... Let... Let a curse come upon people. Basically, he said, what was it? A millstone be put around their neck and cast into the ocean for those that steal the things of God from the children. The devil still does his best to convince you that God is weird. Why would God do that? Why does he do it that way? God does what he does because that's who God is. Come on, somebody. 
you've been married for 10 years, no doubt you've looked at your spouse a handful of times and thought, I married a weird one. <laughs> every kid that hits 12, 13, every parent is questioning, I don't know that I did right. <laughs> My kid's weirder than the other ones. Praise God, time will show out. Their weirdness will be straightened out. Weird is not ungodly. Weird is because you're unique. There's, not, never been, there's never been another one of you made. We are unique. Last week, the Holy Ghost had told me something, and I shared it with you concerning the way the devil operates. See, the devil can't stop the move of God. From the time Jesus was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil, every generation has had people destroy the works of the devil. God didn't take a break and re-pour re out in Azusa Street. He didn't hold out for a couple years waiting in the dark ages for a move of God. If you study history, every, every generation has carried the presence of God. Maybe not everybody got it, but let me tell you, not everybody in Claremont has the freedom that you have. The devil's tool is deception. Because it requires cooperation. So the devil comes to deceive us into believing that we deserve sickness. Or it's normal. Or it's commonplace. Or that perhaps the Lord is teaching us a lesson in this. And we just have to endure it till the end. And if he can get to, to your mind and deceive you, then he can get you to cooperate with hell's agenda. Keeping you bound. Once more, I'm going to ask if you could please... Today, try to keep the moving around to an absolute minimum. He questions the word of God. The very fall of man, if you read scripture, when it all, the curse began, the devil showed up as a snake and he didn't force feed the woman the apple because he couldn't. It's not an apple, the fruit. We just all say it's an apple because, and if you're like me, I'm not a big fan of apples. Definitely not an orange. We know that in Florida. <laughs> Oranges are sanctified by the Lord. For they give you vitamin C in life. Amen. Vitamin C, vitamin Christ. I'm just saying. <laughs> I saw someone write that down. That's, a, that's all they're going to get the whole service. Vitamin C, Christ. Gotcha, Bubba. He uses deception, and he came to the woman, and he actually said this. He said, did God actually say? Did God actually say you can't eat this fruit? And that is still the plot of the devil now. Did God actually say he would heal everyone? Did God actually say he would deliver everybody? Did God actually say he can break every curse? Did God really, truly mean that? To get you in your mind, questioning maybe you don't have it. To be like Abraham is to be fully persuaded and reasoned in your mind. Yes, everything God said. He said it. I believe it. That's the, that is the finality of it all. If he said it and I believe it, that completes the transaction. Come on, somebody. Did God really say he would give you the Holy Ghost? Did God really say that through the Holy Ghost when he came, he would give gifts unto men, supernatural gifts unto men? Yes, he did. And among those gifts were the gifts of healings. Healings, plural. Shout plural. plural. Not one healing. God healed someone back in 1983. He said healings. 
And he said, the working of miracles. A miracle is something that instantaneously happens in front of you. A healing is something that could progress over time. Nevertheless, I have watched God heal people of cancer. I've been on a mass crusade and seen people come out of wheelchairs. I've seen them throw crutches. I've seen blind eyes clear up like a vacuum cleaner sucked the cloud out of the eyeball and a brand new eye was looking back at me. I've seen deaf people here. I've seen a broken leg with the bone sticking out go right back into the leg supernaturally healed by God. I've watched rashes disappear from babies. I've seen the glory of God. I've felt bones grow back. I've seen lumps disappear. I've seen it with my own eyes. There is nothing any religious devil could ever convince me to say that God is not a healer today. He is still healing today. 1 Corinthians 12 simply says, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Who in here desires to be ignorant? No one. When you do that thing at Cracker Barrel and you get ignoramus, you don't feel satisfied. I want to do better than that. I don't want you to be ignorant, he said. He said, you know that when you were Gentiles or unbelievers, people outside of the promise, when you were people outside of the promise, you were carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. As I was studying this week, the Scripture has always bugged me. I've always wondered, what is he really saying here? Every spirit, contrary to the Spirit of God, comes to carry you away and lead you away from the promises of God. The religious spirit carried that young couple right out of freedom back into bondage and destroyed their lives. That is not the fruit that God wants for you to have. And it says that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus a curse it. I always wondered because I've never heard really anybody curse Jesus except for crazy people on streets of Washington, D.C. Which, that's not a surprise for anybody here. Of course it happened there. And I looked up that word. You know what that word means? It means to ban. To distance yourself from. No man speaking by the Holy Ghost would ever ban you from the freedom of God. And today, when you look at the churches, the mainstream move of God, the professional movement, I celebrate screens. I say do everything with excellence. But when your house stands... Telling people to distance themselves away from what God does. Because it's awkward and it could offend a worldly person. Then we have lost the plot of the kingdom of God. And it will never manifest itself if you speak by a spirit that tells Jesus, stay away. Stay away, we don't want your freedom, we don't want what you bring. Lord, don't let us be one of those people that fall on the ground. Lord, don't let us be one of those people that run in the church. Don't let us be one of those people that pray in tongues. Don't let us be one of those people that they declare are crazy or over the mark or extreme or radical. Lord, stay over there. That's what he says. I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts, Paul said. Because when you're an unbeliever, that spirit of this world tells you to distance yourself and ban yourself from Christ. But only when the hungry hearts come around. 
See, every word that comes against you to stay away from God, when hunger stirs within you, when every other option has been exhausted, that's when people come running to God. And when they run to God, God supernaturally heals them. Come on, somebody. Today, I declare by the authority of Jesus Christ, the healing power of God is available to everyone in this room. Any voice in your mind telling you it's fake, you rebuke it right now yourself. You take authority over that lie. You declare by faith within you, there is nothing my God cannot do. When I was a young man, I was in my early 20s. I got the opportunity to go to South Africa. We were in a mega church, 5,000 people strong. A line for people that needed a miracle lined up, and a man came forward. His back was crooked. He lived in constant pain. And the preacher leading the meeting, my father-in-law, looked at me and said, this one you've got to deal with. I was a photographer and a bad one at that. I didn't have a title, didn't have a name, didn't have a ministry, but I have a Savior. And just as the Word was made manifest, God gave us the Word, which was Jesus. Jesus gave us the Spirit, and the Spirit gave us the gifts. He gave that to me. And I looked at that man, and I had seen this on a video. And I had the man sit in a chair, and when he sat in a chair, I said, put your back against the chair all the way. And when he looked, I lifted up his legs, and they were four inches apart. The man's spine was crooked. And I was drawing on everything I could remember, trying to sound intelligent. There's a, there's a pressure when you're the minister that you've got to look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're not the one doing anything. So there's no pressure. There's not a pressure on my name today. Caleb Ring is not a healer. Jesus Christ is your healer. And I remember sitting there. They put a mobile camera on it. And I was trying to think, what did the preacher say on the video I watched? And I couldn't remember. So then I tried to get anatomically correct. I speak to the hip bone connected to the leg bone, the leg bone connected to him. Apparently that was all I retained in anatomy class. No, I didn't get any word out. I held those legs. I looked up at the person and I was just about to say, Father, I thank you for straightening this back. And all of a sudden the crowd started screaming and I looked down, and on the, on the big screen, there was the leg, and it just went <laughs> right in front of my eyes. God instantly healed that person. I didn't even get a word out. Because you know what? God didn't need anything from me other than me to be proxy in that moment. Right now in this room, is there anybody that is suffering from back pain? I want you to raise your hand right now. 